This week, we've got another great episode coming up. I mentioned this last week. I met Wendy Richter at a, uh, at a, uh, uh, an appearance back east. Um, and, uh, you know, I hadn't, I think I'd met her a couple of times, you know, but by the time I got there, she was pretty much gone. And a great story because she was, you know, she was involved in all the rock and wrestling when all that was going, when it was taken off and it was mainstream. And she uh, became, uh, you know, good friends with Cindy Lauper when all that was happening. And she became a household name very quickly when everything was blowing up. It wasn't just uh, Hulkamania that was running wild. Um, she was a, a very attractive young a wrestler at the time. She be, was very popular. And uh, one thing I love about Wendy, and, and w- you meet her and you'll hear it uh, when in this conversation, uh, she didn't take crap from anybody. And she grew up, uh, you know, a cowgirl and uh, was used to having to fight her way for everything. And that was how she lived her life. And when she got an opportunity, she knew she was drawing money and she wanted to be fairly paid, and she was willing to stand up uh, to uh, people to, you know, get her fair wage, and that didn't go over so well. So, a uh, great story about all of that coming up, and the life that she has lived, and uh, how she's triumphed through it. She is uh, a very accomplished person, just beyond the ring, and uh, she talks about how a lot of that, uh, from what she went through early on in her career in professional wrestling made her the person she is. So you're going to be hearing that. What do you say? We get to this one. Wendy Richter. Ding, ding, ding. Well, folks, we have a very special guest with us here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, she uh, helped to uh, blaze a trail for women in professional wrestling, and uh, she accomplished a lot along the way. Wendy Richter, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. It's really good to talk to you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, folks, we uh, catch up with our guests wherever we can. Right now, uh, Wendy, is uh, she just completed a, a, a dog show with her, her champion dogs. Uh, I guess it was a very successful uh, event today for you. Tell me about it. Well, we got first place, um, and she's a young dog. She's only 17 months old, so it's, it's very exciting. Um, it's not the same as wrestling, but it's pretty close. <laughs> well, you know, you, you like competition all the way all along the way, and I know you, you've you been a, a dog lover. Uh, what What is the, the breed you told me when we talked before? And uh, is this a breed that you just, the only breed that you, do, you deal with, or, or do you have other dogs? Well, I have other dogs, but um, the breed that I'm showing right now is an Anatolian Shepherd. They're uh, giant dogs, and the reason I chose that breed is um, they're my bodyguards. They weigh about 150 pounds, and they don't back down. They're not aggressive, but if they sense danger, there's no stopping them. Wow, so you have a lot in common with the the pups that you have around. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought about it that way, but I guess I do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um... Really, as I as I mentioned at the, when we started our conversation here, though, that uh, you really are among those that, that blaze a trail for women, and uh, anybody that's ever done any uh, tracing of history in the business, uh, they will know it was not an easy trail for women to uh, travel. And uh, I know that you started; it was uh, in the late '70s. But first of all, tell me a little bit about. I think you grew up in Texas, and uh, 
you know, you're billed once as the cowgirls in the tag team, but uh, were you really, were you a cowgirl growing up? I still am. Yes, I was. <laughs> uh, growing up, I showed horses, quarter horses and cows. I was in 4-H. I was on the volleyball team, track team, and um, it, it was kind of natural for, for me to go into wrestling because I loved it. I love yeah. sports. I love competing. And um, it, it, it's a feeling like no other when you're in the ring, especially yeah. if, you, if you win, if you do well. It's, it's, it's very gratifying. I yeah. miss that. Yeah. Well, um, did the fam? I mean, did your family have a ranch? I mean, and where did you grow up in Texas? I know they, they bill you as being from Dallas, but uh, where did you actually grow up? Well, I re- you know what? I really grew up in Louisiana. It really? was 20 minutes from the <laughs> Texas Texas border in uh, yeah. Bossier City and Benton, Louisiana. Um, but I went to, I, I showed horses in Texas, and I went to a, a horse camp growing up three or four times a year in Marshall, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. And I always thought I would live there, and maybe I will one day when Trump builds a wall. <laughs> you know, um, you, you mentioned you were quite an athlete. Um, were, what, what were your sports? I mean, what was it that you really stood out in? Track and volleyball, you know, depending on the season. Uh, yeah. But I was in horse, uh, quarter horse shows, rodeos, showdios, whatever. Whatever yeah. was in season, I was involved in it. So how did, how did wrestling come into your life? Um, a friend of mine... Uh, asked me to go with her to the wrestling matches, and they were have they had a women's championship match that night, and it was Moolah against Vivian St. John, and I told my friend, I said I could beat her if I was trained. I could, I know I could, I could mm-hmm. beat Moolah, and four years later I did. Um, after I watched the first match, I was hooked, uh-huh. and uh, I trained, and um, and the rest is history. It's one of the things. It was love at first sight. <laughs> was it? And I believe well, in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and but back then, uh, not only was it, was it tough for men to get in the business, but there weren't a, a lot of women, and uh, a lot that where you could even go and get trained. So how did that? How did that happen? How did you get to? Uh, I think you trained with Lalani Kai, and um, but how did that connection happen? And then you actually started training. Uh, I was given the the phone number of Lillian Ellison Enterprises, which was a uh, women's wrestling school, and I went there and uh, and trained and and did it for twenty five years. Well, but how did things get happening there? I mean, uh, you know, not anybody just walks up and trains, and then in a short period of time, uh, here you are you know, competing in, in these, uh, organizations like the WWWF and, uh, Stampede Wrestling and Mid-South and NWA, uh, you know, were you just a natural in the ring or, or how did yeah. that, how did that happen so fast? I was at the right place at the right time. And I guess I wasn't natural because at my first year, I won rookie of the year, mm-hmm. um, and I was a pretty big girl, like 5'10", 160 pounds, and went to the gym 
So, and it seemed at that time most of the women wrestlers were kind of on the small side. It's like I'd look at them and think, you know, what were you thinking? Have <laughs> <laughs> you started this sport? What were you thinking? Weighed a hundred pounds. I mean, I could whip them with one arm tied behind my back. Yeah. yeah. We actually uh, did an appearance together through Scott Wilder uh, a while back, and uh, uh, you, obviously, you, you still look great, uh, but. Is it, um, are you surprised that fans were, you know, are so still such big fans of yours? It's been a long time. Uh, uh, Did it take a little while for that to set in? Are you you thinking, wow, these people still remember me? It is surprising because um, when I left the WWF, it wasn't in good terms. I just walked out because of how I was treated. And, uh, I, I, I kept wrestling, but I wasn't on television. And mm-hmm. so I just thought people would forget me. And a lot of people didn't, to my surprise. Yeah, I'll tell you, we'll get to that because, uh, you know, in the rock and wrestling and that whole connection. But I want to talk a little bit more before we get there about your journey. And, and uh, you know, you said it was love at first sight when you started in the business, but it could not have been easy, Wendy. How tough was it for women at that time? in professional wrestling? It was tough. Uh, the way you had to travel, people, we didn't fly everywhere like they do nowadays. We drove. I drove. Mm-hmm. Or right. if I was in another country, I just flew there by myself. Um, the Lord had a protective hedge over me. And uh, and I feel that uh, I, I, was looked, I was looked after. A lot of people weren't, but... Lord's been very good to me. He's blessed me with many things. And so, what was it? What was it like going going to these events? I know you didn't make much money, and maybe even you could give us an idea of what you might make a night uh, back then. Oh, it was horrible. There were times I made fifty dollars, and oh. I had to give Moolah twenty five percent, and then pay my gas and hotel. I did it for nothing. Uh, you were 18, I think, when you began training and uh, then got into the business uh, shortly after that. Uh, give me some idea what uh, you know a typical week in the business was like that time. After I already broke in, um, I would travel to the town I was going to wrestle, go to the gym, have a meal, rest, and then go to the matches. And then uh, go back to my hotel room and get up and do the same thing again the next day. Was it steady work it at the of, time? I would go on the road for like six weeks, two months, or three months, and then come back and be mm-hmm. off for maybe a couple weeks or a week, and then go back on the another run for a couple months. Uh, Wendy, at, at that time, we're... Were women treated as kind of a sideshow, uh, much like they did, say, with the midgets? Uh, you know, they'd bring them in. Or th- was there more to it than that? Did they get more respect at that time? I think they got more respect. What the similarity was, they would bring, say, the midgets uh, to an area, and then they'd go to another territory, then another territory. So that's the only way we were had any similarity was... I went from territory to territory. Um, uh-huh. I wasn't full time anywhere. Right. Oh, but, so you really uh, had to move around a lot. Yeah. So 
the girls got more respect than the midgets because the midgets were kind of comedians to me, and the women wrestled. Yeah. So that, there was a big difference in that. And what would you say was, say, the quality of, of wrestling among women? Because uh, you, know, you had most of the women that would enter that business at that time were probably pretty gifted athletes. Were they, were they good wrestlers as well? A lot of them were. The yeah. ones that uh, stayed around were. A lot of people came and went, but um, you had to be. You had to be in good shape because uh, that, they were really wrestling then. It was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Uh, Who are some of the names that you well, worked with that probably don't get the recognition maybe they deserve back at that time? Are there some women that uh, really stand out to you who helped you along the way and, and who you thought were great performers at that time? I'd, I'd have to say Joyce Grable. Um, yeah. And she was just inducted in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. I inducted her in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, uh, uh, she kind of took me under her wing early on. I, I may have wrestled six months or so or a year, and we became tag team partners and tag team champions. Uh, and yeah. she was what a ring tactician she was. Uh, yeah. she, she knew it inside and out, and we were kind of paired together like he what a green horse with a seasoned horse. They learned from person or the animal they're working with and she really helped me and never got a dime for it wow. um, she helped break a lot of girls in the business and never never that compensation just the satisfaction of knowing that she helps someone and they're doing well she's a wonderful person i, I can't thank her enough yeah. well and it's, it's awesome though that she did get recognition and was inducted into the uh professional wrestling hall of fame uh Yes. Wendy, besides what you had to deal with, uh, like you said, you had to, like men could stay in a territory and work an angle for, you know, six, eight months, maybe even longer. Uh, women couldn't do that. You had to be on the move all the time and, and work for all these different organizations. But also, what was it like on the business side? Because it was a very male-dominated business, uh, still, on, as far as the business side goes. Uh, it still even remains that way. But what was it like? What did you have to deal with uh, as far as, uh, you know, how you were treated as women back then by these promoters and other men in the business? Well, I was always treated with respect because I carried myself like a lady, mm -hmm. like I am. Uh, and I was treated that way. So that that's all I can say is... Uh, I was always treated with respect, and uh, there were a few times when some of the wrestlers were a little out of line, and I put them right in their place. So <laughs> I imagine it, you it did. Not, that it didn't, didn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. That it doesn't surprise me one again. bit. <laughs> it got around, you know. Don't mess with her. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But as far as the the uh, discrepancy in pay, and I'm putting this mildly. Uh, how hard was it for to kind of grin and bear it when you know you were busting your butt as much as these guys were out there and receiving a fraction of the money that they were getting? Well, that's the reason I only stayed with the WWF a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Every time I saw Vince McMahon, I told him that I'm making less than the opening matches. And, from, and most of the time, I was semi-main event. 
and I and I told him, I said, you know, time I pay my my rental car and my hotel, there's like nothing left. I'm I'm working to uh to pay the hotel and rental call cars, and yeah. um. And it's well, insane. and you and you certainly. So, yeah, but you certainly know how the the uh, how the pay works at wrestling. It's kind of what you draw, and and you totally understood that, I'm sure. But and like you just said, yeah. there were times where you were a semi main event, and you were getting less money than uh, probably some of these uh, you know enhancement talent that were lower on the card. Maybe had had somewhat name recognition. A lot but as less. As, yeah, a lot but, less. Uh, and I'm sure that was true everywhere. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but let's talk about the good side of this. Uh, when when uh, things really started to happen for you, uh, tell us how as that transition when when we started to see professional wrestling take off in a big way uh, on behalf of what uh, pretty much because of what you know Vince McMahon was doing. Uh, how did that connection happen? And then, of course, working up to rock and wrestling uh, that you were a very big part of. Um, you know, I kept training, I kept going to the gym, I kept sharpening my tools to be better and better in the ring, focused in the ring, and it finally, I mean, I got the recognition, I, I never got the pay, and so yeah. I left the WWF and did independent shows. Then I got paid justly, but yeah. uh, there was a drawback to the independent shows, and most of them didn't have television. Right. So I was kind of off the radar for most people. Yeah. So it, um, but, but you know, the Lord is the only one that opens doors and, and the only one that allows doors to close. That door closed with the WWF and I started going to college. Mm-hmm. And I just thank the Lord that I did that. Whenever I do any event now, if it's a signing or whatever, I just thank the Lord I have an education. And I could go anywhere in this country and get a job and make far more than I ever made in wrestling. I yeah. make far more than I ever made in wrestling. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, I, yeah. Get, and I get to sleep in my own bed and yeah. I have five horses and dogs and cats. I couldn't have that when I was wrestling on the road. I couldn't yeah. have a pet. Yeah. And, and, uh, for folks that are listening and, uh, you know, Wendy, you're such an inspiration and in, in what you did in the ring, but also folks, as she mentioned, she's, uh, very educated. Um, I believe you had your real estate license. You did that. You were a real estate agent, but you also, uh, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, but, uh, you went to school and got a degree in physical therapy and then you have a master's degree in occupational therapy. In occupational. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible that uh, you did that along the way, and I'm sure you were working other jobs in the meantime uh, to pay your bills. Well, so I'd I, be that, in the dressing room. I'd, I'd be in the dressing room studying for a test I was going to take when I got home. Wow. <laughs> studying, yeah. you know, for physical therapy and occupational therapy, and you know what? I love it. Yeah. I love therapy because it's it's a lot like training for wrestling. <laughs> uh, the stronger you are, the more fit you are, the less likely you're going to get injured and the faster you're going to recuperate. Yeah. So, um, I'm a darn good therapist and, uh, and I love what I'm doing. 
And there's a saying, if you love what you're doing, you'll never have to work a day in your life. <laughs> and you know what? I loved wrestling. I didn't uh -huh. even look at it like a job. Those years yeah. where I made next to nothing, I loved it. It was yeah. the best time of my life. Yeah. Well, but, well let's... Um, and backing up on that, you gotta uh, move on. Yeah, backing up though, uh, tell me about that period of rock and wrestling. How'd that all come together? That you would team up with uh, somebody I believe is still a friend of yours, Cindy Lauper, and that whole experience. Yeah. How did how did rock and wrestling all happen for you? Well, for me, the song "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" that was my favorite song on the uh -huh. radio. I just loved it, and uh -huh. I got a call from the WWF asking me would I represent Cindy Lauper in a uh, championship match against Mullah. And I said, yes, I would. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Damn right. And uh, that's how it began. Um, yeah. But it began before that for Cindy. Um, her and Lou Albano were sitting next to each other in the uh, first class, I think, from a uh, flight from Puerto Rico to New York. Uh -huh. And they got to talking, and then Lou Albano starts throwing her name around like they're friends, and he was managing her when he only met her on the airplane. <laughs> but she yeah. had the number one song in the nation, and uh, her uh, manager, Dave Wolf, was told, you know, he sang all these things, and, and he was her manager. Dave Wolf was her manager, not, not Lou Albano. Yeah. And so anyway, that went back and forth, back and forth, so... It turned out that um, they challenged each other in a match, but they couldn't wrestle each other, so they, they chose someone to represent them in a uh -huh. match, a title uh -huh. match. And that yeah. was, that's how it all started. You know, and I remember, and I was living in New York City at the time when uh, MTV was just taking off. Uh, when was the first time you realized, like, what the heck, man? Every, I mean, it, was, it became mainstream in a hurry. Uh, wh when did you realize there, there was something really big happening? Well, when I uh, right after I, I won the championship, I went to go visit my grandmother in Kokomo, Indiana, and uh, I went I went out jogging. It was early; it was barely daylight. I was uh, kind of undercover, and they knew me anyway. I couldn't believe it. That's when I realized, wow. I'd go to restaurants, not with other wrestlers, just by myself, and people recognized me. Yeah. Oh, it was gigantic. Wendy, at the time, you know, wrestling had started to be noticed around uh, the country, but at this point, it really became mainstream. Um, you mentioned uh, being, uh, you know, being recognized in, in different places, uh, but did you also realize, you know, it was just becoming, it wasn't just the typical wrestling fans that were crazy about this. A anybody, you know, everybody was, was getting on board. Wrestling goes in cycles where uh, it's real popular, then kind of wanes, and then gets real popular again. And at that time, I was at the peak of the popularity. Yeah, but I mean, nobody had ever seen anything like this before with, uh, you know, Hulkamania and everything else. Uh and, and you were a part of this wave, um, going into WrestleMania and, uh, you were, you were getting an opportunity to get the title back. Uh, how, how big an event did you realize at the time how big this event was? Because, uh, we know, you know, that, uh, everything was on the line for the WWF. 
but what you guys could do for the business with this event? I, I probably didn't at the time yeah. because um, I I just traveled so much yeah. that uh, it was just another another championship match. But I treated every match very seriously right. and gave my best because I I, I didn't. Well, you know, the, the better you do, uh, the more you're in demand. And I wanted to make sure that all the wrestling fans uh, really enjoyed the matches. Yeah. So I, 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 I tried to uh, be as physically fit and rolled my hair, painted my fingernails. You know, I did everything I could to, yeah. uh, to present the uh, women's wrestling as... Um, and equal to the men's wrestling. Yeah. Well, and Wendy, I don't know if you, you realize it. I hope you take credit, some credit for, for this, but, um, you know, at the time you, and especially as a woman, uh, you pretty much just took what they gave you. Most did. And you were really someone who stood up and said, no, this isn't fair and risked everything. Uh, is that just the way you were raised, or what was it that was in your mind that said, you know, I have to stand up. I can't just take what they're giving me here because it's not fair, and somebody has to do it. Well, I learned very quickly one person can be replaced, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I still stand up for what I should be paying, but I make sure that I've got a backup <laughs> job <laughs> Uh, Back up and, I'll, and I'll tell someone, listen, um, this is what I should be making, and if and if I can't have that, then I'll have to go elsewhere, and I already have something backed up, you know, a backup yeah. plan. Yeah. But with the wrestling, I just had to weigh it out because you know your time is limited in a impact sport like that that you can't do it forever. No, and. Uh, and I, I wasn't getting compensated for what my body was having to go through. Um, and it just wasn't right. Well, uh, you I also knew you had an idea of what you were drawing. You were drawing people to arenas. Yes. Oh. So moving along here, I mean, and, and not just, uh, you know, eight months later, we get to, you know, this match uh, that a lot of people have, have referred to now as the original screw job. Um but how, you know, did you have any idea you, that things were that the uh, negotiations with with Vince McMahon and, and the company were not going well? But did you have any idea that they would resort to tactics that they ended up doing? No, none at all. Yeah. And I mean, you've I been so young. You know, yeah. I'm, now I'm a I'm a war veteran. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also talk about your relationship with Moolah prior to that. I mean, she helped you get in the business. Uh, what was that relationship like before that? It was never good. She didn't really help me get in the business. She used me, uh -huh. kind of like Elvis Presley's manager. Uh, she got 25% of my pay, and there was times I didn't even know what I got paid. Mm -hmm. She would give cut me a check. And so I had to stop that. But um, once I started wrestling, the promoters were asking for me. She didn't promote me. There was times uh, they said they tried to get me, and she told them I was booked, and I wasn't. Uh -huh. And um, I think she was she was a very hateful person. Uh -huh. 
and uh, I've never been around anyone that is is hateful and spoke so coarsely. I mean, she was worse than a sailor. I've never heard anyone cuss and her cuss combinations and just the way she talked about people. Uh, I, I'd never been around that, and uh, and and I wasn't around it very long because uh, that's the opposite of what I want to surround myself with. I'm a positive. I look forward to things, and I try to speak kind of people or don't say anything. Uh, but she hurt me um, yeah. anytime she could. Yeah. And I realized that early on. She was an evil person, and I didn't ever want to be around her. Well, on that day, uh, November 25th in 1985, it was a title match, and uh, you're supposed to go against the the spider. Uh, When did you find out that it was Moolah who was going to be behind that mask? That day. Yeah. And did you think something was up like this is very strange, or did they play it up that uh, circumstances led to this? Well, I did. I did because it was a championship match, and I I called Cindy and said, Cindy, are you going to be there? And she said, I don't know anything about it. Mm. I thought, well, that's strange. But, you know, I went ahead and whoever it was, I I had confidence I could beat them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you know what? Uh, It was rigged to where uh, the referee gave me a fast count. Right. And that was that. Yeah. So and yeah, I didn't and tell going. You how badly that hurt me. That hurt. Yeah. I mean, that, I have nobody has ever hurt me like they hurt me. Yeah, and I actually looked I, at that I, video. I, I looked at that video this week, and uh, you know, it's like a a roll up, and then you know the the quick count there, which was I think about one before you put your shoulders up yeah. off the. Um, but when was the realization in your mind like they just? screwed me they just did then, something right then yeah right then so those when you went after Mula, that was uh, a shoot <laughs> yeah yeah that's the last time i ever saw her what do what did she say to you did she did you speak then at, at the ring? Yeah. she didn't say anything <laughs> nothing oh. and i i stomped out of there and i wanted to speak to vince mcmahon and he was nowhere to be found oh. i gathered up my stuff and left in my wrestling suit to the airport and that's the last I any communication with the WWF. Yeah. And I you never, never saw them. And you never spoke to Mula again. No, no. But they they contacted me a long time after that and wanted me to do a um, a battle royal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, "Is Mula going to be in it?" Because <laughs> I, I wanted to get back at her. She she was already dead and gone to hell. <laughs> So I didn't. I never got to wrestle her again. What would you, if you ever were to speak to her again, what would you say? Well, I'd probably try to uh, talk to her about the Lord because she mm. sure needed it. Mm. Yeah. How did? But but uh, you did mend fences somehow, some way with the WWE. Uh, you were inducted in in the the Hall of Fame in in two thousand and ten. Uh, how did they smooth that road so that you accepted that uh, induction? They had someone call me and and um, ask me would I like to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and I said yes. Mm-hmm. I deserved it. Yeah. It's about damn time. 
I didn't tell them that. But I yeah. said, yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. Uh-huh. Why not? Well, and you did it for I your fans, no too. feelings against them now. Yeah. Yeah, what is that relationship like now? Uh, I don't dislike them. Yeah. Uh, I can't say it's warm and fuzzy, but um, I don't dislike them. Yeah. I'd work for them again. Well, the um, uh, what did it mean though to you? Uh, all all things aside, I mean, with uh, how business is, but what did it mean to you to stand on that stage uh, and and uh, and be recognized? Uh, there is a, a select few that are in that uh, Hall of Fame, and to be a part of it. Um, what did that mean? What does that mean to you? Um, it was one of the highlights of my life, probably. I was very nervous when I gave my speech. That was a great because, speech, uh, by the way, Wendy. It was a great speech. I, I'm not. I'm not nervous to wrestle, but mm-hmm. to to speak like that, stand up there by myself, and not have a commentator, <laughs> I was pretty nervous. Yeah. And uh, I was hoping I wouldn't forget what I wanted to say <laughs> because I was nervous. But I was so glad that. Um, it was a good feeling. I felt like um, it was justified. And, you know, had had that not happened to me uh, on November 25th, 1985, like it did, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. I'd probably been wrestling year after year after year, and who knows? I was spared from that and, and brought uh, to another level. And... Uh, I got the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Cauliflower Alley Club mm-hmm. and, and inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. You know, it seems like another lifetime to go, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still I still love it. I do. Mm-hmm. But um, I love what I, I'm doing now, too. It's, uh, I, I feel blessed that yeah. I was able to go to college and uh well i'll tell you i loved your line yeah i loved your line in the in in your speech when you said you know you you know you know the place to touch a woman that will drive her crazy and you said touch your heart (laughs) and i really i love i love that line um but looking back and i don't know if at the time it was more of a personal thing standing up for yourself but do you realize that when we see what's going on today with with the uh, women in professional wrestling, especially in the WWE, and the recognition that they're getting, that uh, you were helping to pave this road for them. And I, I and I imagine at times uh, some of these, I hope they have, some of these superstars have, have uh, let you know or given you their appreciation. I think Natalia did once. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame, but that's the only one. Um, yeah. I, I don't hear from anyone. I don't keep track of people. I'm yeah. sure if they want to talk to me, they'll they'll call me. Yeah. Well, I, I think that you know, like you said, they don't they they don't see you around the WWE very often, and but I'm sure they do. And when you see, and I know you don't follow it every day now. It's not something you're doing, but I'm sure you you you've heard and maybe caught. Uh, 
clips of what the divas, as they really don't refer to them as divas anymore, but uh, what these women are now doing. I mean, they had their own pay-per-view event recently. Um, what do you think about what's happening for women in professional wrestling now? Well, I'm happy for them. I, I hope they're getting paid a lot better than I did to make yeah. it worthwhile. Yeah. They've come a long way, though, don't you think? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I, Wendy, I, I know that... Would, yeah. I wish they'd wear more clothes, though. I feel like they don't have to expose themselves to get recognition. They, uh -huh. they can rely on, more on talent. I mean, you can still dress sexy, but, you know... It, it is a, uh, children are watching. I mean, you don't have to look like a stripper in order to be a wrestler. That's the only thing I wish that they would dress a little more professionally. Yeah. But as far as the business goes, do you like what you're seeing those or, or hearing about how much they've become a big part? Uh, they're certainly not a sideshow anymore. That's good. And it deserves to not be a sideshow. I mean, there's women athletes in every sport. I, yeah. They should get the rec recognition. Well, Wendy, I know that uh, God, you, you seem busier than you've ever been. Uh, I know you have uh, your dogs, but uh, when I got the chance to speak with you when we did that appearance, man, I was just kind of blown away by all you do. And uh, you've certainly been an independent person your entire life. You're a, a lot of... I. Uh, women, young women, uh, could certainly learn by example the life that you've lived. What's your message to women, uh, young women, that uh, seems a little confusing out there these days with everything that's happening, but uh, it seems if you have a core, which I think that you did throughout your, your life that you followed, uh, what would you, what, what's your message to them now? You know, I've never recommended anyone get into wrestling. Mm -hmm. What I've recommended that they go to college, get an education, and then if they want to wrestle, they have something to fall back on if they get injured. Um, that's so important, and it gives you confidence that if they're not paying you right or treating you right, you don't need them anyway. Yeah. You can get a better job elsewhere. Uh, so I would always recommend someone go to college and and have an education, but more than anything is a personal relationship with God. Mm. Um, I'm not alone, and I know I, I'm I'm passing through this life, this earth. This is not my home. My home is in heaven, and that gives me strength right there. I could I could take on anything, and I have. Yeah. But I I know that I I, I know that. God is looking out for me, and he loves me, and you can do about anything you set your mind to if you, if you prepare yourself to try hard enough. Well, Wendy, it has been a pleasure. I hope I run into you down the road again. Uh, you, uh, do you do a lot of appearances or just uh, here and there? Just here and there. Oh. Um I hate to leave um, my ranch with my all my animals and all, 
because they're, they're traumatized when I'm gone. I'm afraid the person's not going to feed them or, you know, something happened. So uh, I, I get out every now and then, yeah. and, and I do it because I enjoy it, yeah. uh, not because I have to. So you're saying your other animals besides the dogs? What else is on the ranch? I've got I've got horses, and uh, I love going on trail rides. I always had horses. I grew up with horses, so it's uh, my life has come full circle. But mm-hmm. between the dogs and the horses, I, I usually don't get enough sleep at night because I'm always outside doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's been great, Wendy. I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, boy, as as tough and and as uh, as much a woman as ever uh, from the beginning, and really, uh, man or woman, you you are certainly somebody that uh, sh- should be admired because uh, the career that you've had, and you never gave up, and you always did it your way, which is uh, just incredible. Well, I don't know if it's the right way, but it was sure my way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you and congratulations on the on the win this morning. Uh, uh, Wendy's dog had a, a big win, first place in the dog show, and you're you're in Florida now, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks There's for taking the time out. I know you're on the road for part of this journey, but uh, really, thanks for talking to us here on Prime Time with Sean Mooney. I enjoyed talking with you, and I just want to say hi to all my fans and thank you for sticking with me through the years. And I hope to see you down the road. Do you have a, an email or a, or somewhere that they can uh, get in touch with you? No, I don't go online that much. Yeah. Um, I, I do all my documentation with therapy on, uh, on the computer, so when I'm not working, I don't even want to look at a computer. Yeah, Boy, good I'm for outside. you. That's another I'm, lesson people could learn from you. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the barn when, when, I'm, uh, <laughs> when, yeah. I'm, when I'm at home. I'm outside. Yeah. All right, Wendy. Well, it's been great talking to you. Uh, God bless. And uh, really, it's uh, just so so great to hear you're doing well. And, and uh, congratulations with the puppies. Thank you.